This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Betting the Ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. Monzo and Malusis with you going through the weekend, the Saturday of horse racing across the country, Moose, and coming off a rough week at Aqueduct. Uh, just couldn't find the winner's circle. Battled a couple of good prices. Um, I didn't put it out in the podcast, but I ended up liking Fluffy Socks in Santa Anita on Sunday. Finished, she finished second. So just not a weekend that I was able to hit the winner's circle. No, bad weekend. We have to, you know, hold ourselves accountable when we when it happens. And, you know, that's the sport of thoroughbred racing. It can humble you really quick. Uh and we had a we had a bad weekend with our selections. And obviously it's the holiday season and some of the racing isn't particularly great, but uh we gotta do a better job and hopefully bounce back in a big time way. We got three races uh that we're gonna get break down and analyze today. You know, what makes horse racing so unique, and I'm sure we've said this on the podcast before, is there is no off season. There was no off season. There's races every week, every day. Professional wrestling is the same way, but uh, so we're going to come at you, even if the racing is a little light. And it might be a weekend you look like this where there's not a lot of graded stakes events, and um, some of the lower level stakes are going, but there's still good races. And what makes horse racing great is you can still bet every week. You can bet very little money and make a lot of money. And I think there's some opportunities to do that this weekend. We're going to look at three races, starting with Gulfstream Park. Uh, Gulfstream Park, the championship meet is coming up, and that's a tremendous meet to start the winter and the fall. I'm sorry, the winter and the spring as we get ready for the Triple Crown Series and getting ready and all the prep races, which we'll bring you previews for as well. And we're going to start, Moose, this Saturday, race six at Gulfstream Park. Seven and a half furlongs on their turf, the wait a while. Um, it's $100,000 stakes race, seven and a half furlongs on the turf. A pretty solid field, a pretty big field, the 10 uh, I think this race is wide open. There is a short favorite, and that's the seven Ozara, Clement, uh, Irata Ortiz. Makes a lot of sense being the short favorite, but I think this horse could be a little vulnerable. Did you uh, look elsewhere, or did you think this horse was just unbeatable? No, I don't think Ozara at eight to five on the morning line is unbeatable. The cut back from a mile and a sixteenth to you know seven and a half furlongs. Um, it is around two turns uh, down at Gulfstream Park. No, but and listen, you respect the connections. It's Clement on the green, and it's Irad Ortiz, who is a tremendous turf jockey and a tremendous jockey overall. That's not where I landed, though. Uh, I have respect for the seven, but uh, not going to play. Um, not going to play the two-year-old filly uh, at eight to five on the morning line. I landed on the five, Great Venezuela, uh, Luis Reyes, Barbosa, uh, coming off of running on three straight synthetic races, all three of them at five and a half furlongs, all three down in South Florida. Uh, I know a little, as my uncle Pete used to say, a little cheap. Maiden, you know, ran opened up in a maiden event, then in a maiden special weight, won that. Coming from off the place, then an open claiming event, seventy five thousand non winners of one other than, uh, and won that race stylishly and was the odds on favorite that day. Now takes a step up in class, running in a seven and a half furlong. Wait a while, purses a hundred thousand uh, dollars. 
Uh, I think the two-year-old filly out of Neolithic, I think the stretch out's going to help. Um, I think you've seen her running style in the, uh, in the past coming from off the pace. Uh, I don't think the two turns are going to bother her. I think she's in good form. I think the speed figures do fit. Uh, that's where I landed on. I landed on the five great Venezuela for Barbosa and Reyes at eight to one on the morning line. Yeah, see, I think Great Venezuela is going to be one of the pace presence in this race and is a key to my play. Um, Beach Cruiser as well is going to be a horse that's up front. I also think the outside horse, uh, Buttercream Babe, is going to be a little bit of a, a speed. Um, coming from the outside, a horse that hasn't shown a lot of closing kick, I wouldn't be surprised if they put that horse closer to the lead. And that's the reason why I picked the inside horse, the one, uh, Cairo Street. Getting better every race, uh, running in relatively high-level maiden races, finally gets it done last out. Uh, improving each and every race. Uh, Johnny Velasquez on board. One last out at a mile at Keeneland and relatively paceless race coming off, uh, you know, being behind by, by you know, two, two lengths and making a nice move and just getting there and dueling and showing some grit and some heart. Um, I think Cairo Street is going to be, a, I, I like the fact that the horse ran at Kentucky Downs, ran at Keeneland, comes here uh, for a relatively low level stakes race to try and get a stakes win on uh, on her resume, and I think this is a really good opportunity. Uh, Cairo Street, my top pick, five to one on the morning line. I am using the two horses that I really think are going to be the pace presences, and that's the five, Great Venezuela, the horse that you liked, and the nine, Beach Cruiser. My issue with Ozara is just, you know, opportunity to win last out, didn't get it done, didn't run particularly well at Oakland uh, at Woodbine two back, and it was solid in debut. That price doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The buyer speak big figures don't put her well ahead of this group. So to me, I think if you're going to cash in on a price, you know, you got to throw her out. And I think the horses that you talked about and I talked about make a lot of sense here. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm sure you haven't watched, you know, I'm sure you haven't done a lot of research, but looking at what you see in the past performances, I know you like horses that come in uh, overseas. What'd you make of the six? Milliad? Yeah, I was just going to talk about Milliad. I, I think, I think she's a must use daughter of Kodiak, Jack Sisterson, the fact that Luis Saez hops on a board, um, you know, ran well um, over in Ireland, now comes stateside, has had some opportunity, obviously, to get acquitted or acclimated here uh, to, uh, you know, to North American racing, uh, throw her into the mix here. I think I think Milliat's very, very interesting at 8 to 1 on the morning line. Moving on to race 11 at Gulfstream Park, the pulpit, $100,000 on the line, seven and a half furlongs again on the turf for two-year-olds, Moose. And I like this. A lot of two-year-old races, we're getting to see some of these horses run. They don't have an overwhelming amount of foundation, but certainly have a lot of talent. And again, a, a relatively big field. you got 11 coming post-word. Your favorite is the eight noted for Todd Pletcher. I rather tease again, getting aboard a couple of the favorites. Ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, did not run particularly well that day. But all the turf performances, including the bourbon, have been really good. Could you get past noted? I did. I landed on the five palm tree. Uh, you know, I'm going with double nickels in the two races that we're looking at Gulfstream on Saturday. Uh, Brendan Walsh, Luis Saez coming off a little bit of a break. Love the work. December 3rd at Palm Meadows, uh, five furlongs in 58 and one. Um, you know, best out of nine that day. Uh, you know, ran in the grade two bourbon, didn't run particularly well. I think that's a massive jockey upgrade going from Cannon to Luis Saez. I think Palm Tree at three to one is a really fascinating entry um, in the 11th race on Gulfstream on Saturday. And that's where I landed as my top pick. Yeah, I absolutely love a horse in this race. And that's the two Liam's journey. Nine to two on the morning line. I'm going back to Johnny Velasquez on board. And 
Uh, the reason, if you look at the maiden debut, ran five and a half furlongs, ran respectable, not overwhelmingly great. Um, second in a really in a really high price maiden special at Kentucky Downs, didn't break particularly well. Had the check, ended up rallying for second in that track at six and a half furlongs. Uh, you know, just not getting there. And in the Pilgrim again, a race that I think might have been a little too long for this two-year-old ran really well and just didn't get there at a big price at almost 20 to one. So I think the cutback in distance, I love the workout last out firing a bullet, uh, December 2nd gets Johnny Velasquez improving buyer speed figures. I think the, as you would say, uh, the distance hits this horse right between the eyes. Liam journey is nine to two on the morning line. Makes a lot of sense. I do like the five palm tree as well. Um, Luis Saez, you just, you know how good he is, especially running at Gulfstream. Uh, I love the workouts as well. And the other horse that I kind of liked a little bit in this race at a little bit of, at a big price, and that's going to be the seven uh, general ledger. I like the move over from turf to dirt. If you look, the, the connections are pretty good. 25% doing that. Um, Safi Joseph, say what you want about him. I think at a price, you can get this horse into the money, but my top pick is going to be the two uh, Liam. Shady. Yeah. I think you got to use noted as well underneath um, or kind of any, if you're going to do any kind of exact boxes on Saturday in the race, uh, just because the human connections and fact is running grade ones and, and grade twos and is coming off a, a disappointing performance. Um, you know, added Santa Anita in the, the breeders cup juvenile, uh, but gets back to gets back to the turf on Saturday down at Gulfstream Park. I'd also use the other one. I'd, I'm I'm intrigued by a little bit a six to one shot. That being the three, double your money coming off the layoff. Ran in the Bourbon um, out of Keeneland. A number of these horses are coming out of that race at Keeneland. Uh, I think the cutback in distance, the seven and a half furlongs, will be pretty good. Suits them. Um, so I'd, I that's one I'd use as well for Lynch and Alvarado. I use the three underneath, but I like the five palm tree on top. Last race we're going to go through, and that's the sixth at Oakland. Moving up well, to top Oakland of the Park. stretch. Well, top of the stretch. And I, I, it was tough for me to come up with the best race of this week. This may not even be the best race. I just want to celebrate the fact that it's the first race we've looked at in a while, Oakland Park. I know we both like that yes. track, the dirt track. Um, it's always a fun fun place to bet. You had a lot of great spring racing at Oakland and a lot of very key Kentucky Derby prep races there, uh, including the, the Oakland, you know, just a ton of them. And you got – the human connection for me is that's like Whitmore's home track. So, you know, Whitmore, he's got a stakes race named after him, one of my favorite of all time. So I have a lot of respect for uh, Oakland Park. And if you look at this race, we're looking at the sixth, and that is the Ring the Bell. A lot of familiar names in this race, Moose. Necker Island, still running 8-1 to one on the morning line. Tiano Twist, your morning line favorite, 8-5 to five on the morning line. I remember Cotto River, 20-1, to one, former, former uh, Brad Cox runner, and I believe a Bob Baffert horse many a uh, couple of years ago. So... I think this race is, considering there's an 8-5 to five horse in this race, I think this race is wide open. And I have a, a double-digit pick in, in this race. Where well, you, you have a double-digit odds? Yeah. Can I guess who you I went can, with? Yeah. I can always guess. Um, I think I, there's a horse. I think you went with the four top gunner. No, I went with the three ultimate. Because I think if this horse goes back to that July 7th performance, uh, running a hundred buyer um, horses three for thirteen at Oaklawn, seven for twenty three at the distance. This five year old out of Spitestown, who recently just passed, so a little dedication to that very speedy, tremendous horse uh, makes a lot of sense. Gets the A rider and Zimmerman, who was running the source the most, um, coming out of some cheap races, but preps 
And if this horse can get back to how he ran in the Ohio sprint back in July, I think he's going to be very dangerous, especially on this track with that long stretch. 12 to 1 in the Beautiful. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. You want to try and be a little bit, you know, a little bit different. Um, Teano Twist is going to be tough. I, I landed. I'm going to go with the Asmussen's, uh, Steve, um, you know, the the trainer. Um, I, mean, I landed on the seven rivet. I didn't get all that creative. Don't have a double-digit price horse in this race. Two to one on the morning line. Um, you know, coming off a victory last race, three for four at Oak Lawn, five for seven at the distance. Uh, I think the distance suits. I, I think, obviously, if if Teano twists, you know, runs the triple-digit buyer speed figure, I think Teano Twist is your most likely winner. I mean, there's nothing not to like about Teano Twist. You know, at the distance, has never run out of the money. At Oak Lawn Park, has never run out of the money. I think you'd be foolish to think that he's not going to either, if he doesn't win the race, either finish second or third in the race. I think Teano Twist is going to give you that honest run for Hartman and Landaros. But um, I, I land on the seven rivet. I'll go with Steve Asmussen. He has a lot of success at Oaklawn Park. Um, we've seen this three-year-old at a competitive edge um, have success at the distance as well and at this track as well. That's where I landed at two-to-one on the morning line, the seven rivet in race six at Oaklawn. Yeah, Rivet makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, my concern would be that race two back, but that was over a sloppy track. And, you know, our, I, I'm not sure what the forecast exactly is right now in Oakland. Um, at a competitive edge, he was a great miler, super saver who loved the slop. So it's surprising that horse hasn't uh, done too well in the slop. But uh, it's a good race. I, I think Tano Twist is going to be tough. What do you make of Necker Island at all? I mean, the horse, you know, consistently runs at big prices, but. You know, there's a lot of hopes for this horse and just hasn't turned into the runner that they hoped. No, has not, you know, and has gone through, you know, has is, is been one where, you know, I've I picked Necker Island before. Um, That's why I brought it up. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But think about it, I mean, one for 11 at the distance, one for eight at Oak Lawn Park is kind of just there. Uh, you know, it's been a while, it's been a while for the six-year-old at a hard spun. Uh, you know, has answered the calls, running some really good races, the Oaklawn Mile, the Essex, the Phoenix, uh, on a couple of occasions, is running grade twos and grade threes over the course of his career. Um, just the thing that you've learned about Necker Island, just not good enough. I mean, that's basically it. Could it change on on Saturday at Oaklawn? Maybe. Uh, if it does, I won't be on him. Uh, I've been on him a lot of days. I won't be on him on Saturday. Most we have plenty of great racing coming up. The holiday season is here. Yeah. You, I know you put a tweet last night about your favorite Christmas movie. I um, did. Elf. Just, Elf, your favorite. Yeah, I, I'm a big the Santa Claus person. So Santa Claus is another good one. Another good one. It's great time. I mean, this is the time friends, family, you know, get the lights up, get the tree up. Holiday time. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, uh, the pressure to get uh, to make sure you get your wife's gift correct. Uh, so that everyone's happy. Uh, number, I mean, there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, I'm sure everyone feels it. So uh, it's that time of year. It's the holiday season. By the way, big news this week uh, that the Belmont Stakes is going to be at Saratoga in 2024, and the purse is now two million dollars. It's no long. It's not going to be a mile and a half race. It's going to be a mile and a quarter race uh, this year up at Saratoga. Uh, and they, that is going to be part of a multiple day meet up at Saratoga in the heart of, uh, you know, right in the summer. So it's going to be interesting. I don't, 
you know, I, you know, they're having construction at Belmont and they're redoing the whole track. So I understand why it's happening. Uh, you're, we both love Saratoga. We did a lot of Saratoga podcasts right here on the Beck Rivers Network. Um, it's going to be fun breaking that race down in those days of, of extra bonus Saratoga. Races. Yeah, it's 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 disappointing. I mean, there's nothing like the Belmont Stakes and Big Sandy in a mile and a half. And could this maybe open up to the opportunity to where you you see the final jewel, the Triple Crown, no longer being a mile and a half race, the Test of Champions at some point? Do you see it to where potentially maybe it just ends up being a mile and a quarter race? I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. Um, it's, uh, you know, the sport of thoroughbred racing is is interesting. We both love it. Uh, we both get frustrated with it at times with some of the decisions that they make. Uh, and how they handle it from a PR perspective and trying to generate fans and bring interest aboard. Uh, I think it'll be interesting that I'll be up at Saratoga. I'm curious to see what Belmont looks like when all the renovations are complete. Um, and, uh, you know, do they do they do diligence to it and still make it as beautiful as it once was? So uh, everything is completely changing, but that was huge news in the sport of thoroughbred racing this week, the fact that, which we all thought it was going to happen, because if you've driven by Belmont Park or you've seen the pictures, I mean, the infield is gone. Um, you know, it's just piles and mounds of dirt all the way around. The ra- in, the racetrack is still there, but uh, they're working on everything else. But um, it's, to, you know, we'll see what it looks like in 2024 up at Saratoga for the Belmont Stakes. And while the, the New York Mets are adding what looks like round 17 to 22 in a fantasy draft, the Yankees are bringing in one. Which is awesome. So. Once Great news yeah, I love it, dude. It's amazing. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch Juan Soto at Yankee Stadium. I mean, and Soto and Judge together, two of the top four hitters in all of Major League Baseball in the same lineup. I mean, and now now there's a battle between the Mets and the Yankees for Yamamoto. So let's see where exactly the Japanese phenom ends up. Uh, there's no there's no odds for this on Bet Rivers or anywhere. But what report do you think breaks that? I'm going to say Mark Feinsand is the 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 winning reporter. On Feinsand does a great job. He's also a hobby collector. If you're you know Feinsand well, you guys are battling for 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 baseball cards and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Feinsand, I can see that. Uh, Feinsand or Jeff Passan, one of those. Two. There you go. Those are the two of the three, and then John of Hamm- the three, John Hamilton will give everybody credit for it. Of the three races that we selected, what's your best bet? I was just going to go over that. It's going to be at Gulfstream. It's going to be the 11th race, the pulpit, Liam's journey, 9-2 to on the morning line. I think he's going to run a very big race. Um, yeah, we're going to go mano-a-mano that race. Um, I really love Palm Tree. It's between two horses. Both, had, both. Had, I mean, I do like Rivet um, significantly at, um, at Oakland Park, but – um, since you went best bet, I'll go in the sixth race at Gulfstream. Great Venezuela at eight to one on the morning line for Barbosa and Reyes. Well, I know how much you do like palm trees. So what I will tell everybody is if you are going to wager on the 11th at Gulfstream, make sure you play that exact, uh, the two Liam's journey and the five. Palm Let's go get it. Little... All right, Moose. It's been a blast. We will touch, catch up next week. Plenty of races to get to. Like and subscribe, right. everybody. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.